The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Welcome. I am Ann Beal, and I'm your host for Living Well Today, and I am coming to you from the beautiful town of Azle, Texas. It's 70 degrees here this morning, and it is a wonderful day. I have Dr. Jim Slaughter here today for our Christmas show. Welcome to the Christmas show, Jim. Thanks, Ann. Good to be here. Good morning, everybody. Jim and I were um, really trying to think about what was the most important thing for Christmas. I know for Thanksgiving, we did a lot of things on food and how to make your Christmas, I mean, your Thanksgiving day wonderful. And um, we actually, Christmas is a time that everyone comes together and all different kinds of relationships are in the same house. And so we wanted to try to have you deepen your relationships with people. I mean, you may only see them once a year or a few times a year. And so we wanted to teach you a little bit and um, kind of give you tips on how to grow closer to people through the holidays. Um, And even in your own marriage and in your own relationship, how to grow closer. And Jim Slaughter is a specialist on that. (laughs) So we had him here today. Um, so how would you like to start, Jim? Well, I wanted to go back. I, I was just listening to the entry, the intro, you know, when, when uh, we were, we were uh, getting into the broadcast. And it mentioned that we offer tips for healthy living. Tips. And I thought, you know, that's exactly what we're going to be doing today is talking about some tips for, for healthy living and uh, for, for deepening relationships uh, with uh, an emphasis on, on love and, and what that brings to a relationship. And and just a number of things like that. So, you know, that, that's kind of the way that, that I wanted to start. We're going to be talking about communication. We're going to be talking about how to make communication and just talking with friends and family uh, more special, more relational, uh, more personal, and how to get something more out of it than we usually do just by saying, my, how you've grown since I saw you last year, you know. Those are cliche conversations. Yeah. He, he talks about everything much more technical as a PhD. And so he talks about the <laughs> level of communication. And one of the things that um, I want everything kind of for you guys to think about is the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. And it gives a great definition of love. And if you're spending Christmas with these people, I know you love them. And so love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 
And so that is our precedent when we talk about communicating. It's a very hard standard to live by, don't you think? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but it's our goal. And so we want you guys to be moving towards that standard more than away from that standard. And so we're going to give you ideas. And so to begin, I know we talk about the levels of communication um, and I know you want to go beyond that that content of conversation, kind of the cliche conversations. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's uh, I mean, you know, the 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 clearest cliche conversation or the the thing that comes to mind is when you pass somebody and you say, "How you doing?" How you doing? And the answer to that question is <laughs> fine. I'm fine. And and that that may not be true actually, but it's a cliche, and that's kind of what we're expected to say. And they're just there are about five different levels of. Of communication, and you move from cliches into communication, which uh, is uh, facts-oriented. And then from there, you might go into something a little bit more risky, where you're offering an opinion. That uh, is risky. Yeah. It's an opinion. Uh, That's where we talk about no religion or politics, <laughs> right? Right. right. Uh, ideas, uh, judgments, opinions, and in that third level of, um, of communication. And uh, if you really want to go deeper and begin moving into deepening a relationship, per se, then, then you're going to be getting into things like uh, sharing how you feel, uh, emotions that you're dealing with at a particular time. And uh, beyond that, uh, perhaps full disclosure, uh, revelation of things about yourself that maybe you've just discovered that person doesn't know. You're offering yourself to them in a, in a real unique kind of way. That would be the deepest, most personal, most intimate level of communication. It, don't you think that most people really don't get get past level three, which is the judgments? I mean, they'll have cliches and they'll report facts, even about the weather. Yeah, if they get there at all. If I mean, they get you know, there at all. Yeah, some yeah. people really shy away from offering their opinions because they're afraid of what they'll hear. Well, and I think it can be risky in a group <clears throat> as far as opinions that are somewhat controversial, right? Sure. And so um, that's some of the things that we want to touch on today when you have those well, when you have a differences of opinion, mm -hmm. and um, when you do that, how to handle that well so that it doesn't cause much more conflict. And yeah, that's a good point. And I was on a uh, I was on a conference call, you know, um, for an hour before the, the we got ready for the program today, <clears throat> and um, there was a guy on the on the call who was talking about. Uh, when he meets with family this Christmas, there's going to be a, a person there that, that there's a lot of hosti hostility between him and this person. What should he do about that? And we were talking about getting out of your comfort zone, moving out of, out of what's comfortable to you and showing some good changes taking place in you by approaching a person, you know, maybe who uh, who you haven't gotten along with in the past and just saying, you know, I've been thinking about you. How are you doing? And... Um, so sometimes it involves it involves that taking a step forward that might be kind of risky, you know. Yes. It, well, <laughs> what if you have, you know, I think I think that when you talk about when people have a difficult time communicating, they actually often are talking different languages. Mm -hmm. If you um think about what you say or is it what you mean to say, <laughs> right? What you right. mean to say is not always what you say. Right, and it's not always what they hear. Uh, I had a professor one time, and he, you may have, I, he, I think you had him as a prophet at one point, uh, too, but he used to say, nothing is easier than talking, nothing is harder than communicating. 
And I think that's really true. And it, and it shows the, uh, that there's a distinction between those two things. There's a difference between talking and communicating. Communicating is much harder than just talking. Um, and for communication, in order to have communication, we've got to have five components in the whole, uh, the whole mix. You've got to have a sender. You have to have a receiver. You have to have a message. You have to have a medium through which the message is sent. But most important, in order to have communication, you've got to have understanding. If you don't have understanding, then you haven't communicated. If well, and I think most people don't understand each other very well. Probably not. And um, you and I have known a long, each other a really long time. A really long, long time. time. <clears throat> so we now still have trouble communicating at times. And so if you go through the different reasons, I mean, there's lots of reasons when they say things like that, that it's one of the most difficult things is to actually reach an understanding of each other to communicate. Right. And why is that? Well, it's because uh, communication is, is, is very difficult. When, when two people talk, for example, uh, six possible messages can get through. Uh, first message is maybe what you mean to say. The second one is what you actually say, and they may not be the same thing. Uh, the third thing is what the other person hears. The fourth is what the other person thinks he hears. <laughs> and then there's number five, what the other person says about what you said. Number six, what you think the other person said about what you said. And so there, we've all experienced this disparity at times where we will say something, uh, and the other person hears those words, but they... The meaning that they come come up with that they uh, attach to those words is different from the meaning we had, and we wonder how that happened. I thought I was clear. Well, we weren't very clear because the other person didn't understand what we were saying. So there, probably part of the problem is that those different kinds of messages get through. And I think that that can be clear, easily seen when people say they were going to meet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. And they'll say meet at the Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And for us, it might be meet at the Starbucks on Western Center, right? Well, there's more than one Starbucks on Western Center. Right. And so <clears throat> it's so frustrating when you're both at different Starbuckses and you're at Starbuckses. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and you're like, why are you down there? I said, meet me here. And so that, right. you know, but that can even happen in a household. Right. And, and what you want is to be understood over yeah. the holidays. Yeah, and there's um, a... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and I think part of it is you've got to be a ready listener. And, and that's one of the communication guidelines that we talk about, is that when someone's speaking to you, you've got to pay attention. And there's so many distractions um, between iPads and phones and TV and football. I'm not saying football <laughs> is a bad distraction, but... She just punched me. <laughs> football. <laughs> and so... You want to be a ready listener, you know? Yeah, very much so. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, heard a story one time that kind of illustrates <clears throat> the idea that it, sometimes it's hard to get the point across. Um, people were having some uh, a family over for dinner, a couple over for dinner, and they were sitting there having steaks. And, and uh, the guest, the guy says, uh, where'd you get these steaks? And uh, the, uh, the husband... Uh, answered one way, was thinking one thing, and the wife was thinking another thing. Where'd you get these steaks? The husband's thinking, and he might say, got them down to Albertsons, or we got them at the meat market up on 199 in Azle. <laughs> the wife's thinking, why, what's wrong with them? 
there are different kinds of ways that we interpret. You know, uh, the husband's thinking, he's just wondering what store we bought them at. The wife's thinking, he doesn't like it. Doesn't like the way the steak tastes. Or there's something wrong with it. And so, <clears throat> you know, we, uh, sometimes it helps to, um, to do some active listening and to ask some questions. Uh, clarify, you know, uh, what, what the, the person who's speaking might have actually intended. Uh, you've dealt with the, uh, the idea of active listening before. Right. You want to talk about that just for a minute? or Well, an active listening is so important. And I think that I really forget that most people don't haven't learned how to do that. Nobody's actually had a, had a class like I have on listening, right? And so mm-hmm. I can get frustrated at people that don't seem to focus when I'm talking to them. Right. And so one of the best things that you can do when you talk to someone is to check and see if they are listening. And, and um, so if it's your child, one of the best ways is to say their name first. Okay. But also with adults in a gathering yeah. at Christmas, you want to make sure that they give you eye contact. Mm-hmm. So active listening is eye contact. Mm-hmm. You actually look at them. You, you can give them cues back that you're listening. So if you were giving a phone number mm-hmm. and you said the area code 817, then you'd go, okay, or... You, you, you let them know you heard it. Um, and so you can say, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, th- nod your head to let them know you're listening. Right. Anything like that. So it's active listening. Mm-hmm. You can respond at times. Um, we don't want you to interrupt them, but you can at least let them know with hand gestures or anything like that that you're listening. And so right. you, we call it listening with your whole body. Mm-hmm. You truly have to look at a person to listen well. And I think that so many people multitasking nowadays, they don't look at the person. (laughs) And if they do, they only look up for a moment um, or they'll keep watching the TV instead of turning and looking at that person. And so being a ready listener and also not interrupting until they're finished, (laughs) okay? Because I think that people will hear the first part of a statement and not listen to the end. And they'll make an assumption about what the person's going to say and answer. And so active listening is waiting until they're done, mm-hmm. showing that you're thinking about what they just said. <laughs> okay. right. So you pause and you think about what they just said. Mm-hmm. Then you answer. Right. And, and so we, we want to emphasize in this in order to understand, listen carefully and actively. Don't assume you know ahead of time what a person's going to say, because you probably don't. Uh, don't read into someone's words what isn't really there. I had a, uh, you and I have used this uh, illustration numbers of times, um, and, and it's entitled, What's on Carol's Screen? Do we have time to do that right now in the first segment? Yeah. Because I'd like for, the, for our listening audience to, to hear this, because I think it's a really good example of that. This is actually a transcript, portion of a transcript uh, of a woman in a counseling session describing a recent anger episode with her invalid mother. And what I want to point out is that um, there's a difference between what a, woman, what a person perceives was said and done and what actually was said and done. And so I'm going to read the whole statement that this woman made, <clears throat> and then I'm going to go back and read the portions that were actually what happened. And I think as I go along, you'll get the idea of what we're talking about. So this is how the woman begins, talking about her mother. She was looking at me with wide open, help me, help me eyes, like she didn't care that I'd already been over there three times that week. So I said, what is it, Mom? And she just sits there and doesn't say anything. 
She's really still, like it's beneath her to speak the obvious, that I was put on this earth to take care of her, and I'm screwing it up. <laughs> I can tell she's disgusted with me. Finally, she says, how about some music? And puts on this hideous Lawrence Welk record, which she knows I hate, and only plays when she's annoyed with me. My mother lives in passive-aggressiveville. And she lies. If she says A, then you assume, you assume B. While the record is on, she says, all I really want is to get along with you, Carol. But I know that's code for what's wrong with you, Carol, that you don't get along with me. It's disguised criticism. That's the way she works. Then she kisses me and says all the hassling is wearing her out, and she's going to take a nap before dinner. And she sort of shuffles off like, she dis she's, like I've destroyed her or something. And we're going to stop there. And this is called What's on Carol's Screen, because a lot of the, the, the verbiage in there that Carol gave is uh, looking at the situation through her own filter and her assumptions and her previous uh, prejudices and experiences. Because if I had been watching that conversation, I probably would have gotten a whole different perspective of what the mom was doing. Exactly. And, and that's the whole point. I'm, what I'm going to do is read what just, just the... Uh, what comes through the senses, no interpretation really at all. This is what we would yeah. see, like you said, if we were an outside observer. So here's what it would be. She was looking at me with wide open eyes. So I said, what is it, Mom? And she just sits there and doesn't say anything. She's really still. Finally, she says, how about some music? And puts on this Lawrence Welk record. And while the record's on, she says, all I really want is to get along with you, Carol. She kisses me and says that all the hassling is wearing her out and she's going to take a nap before dinner. And she sort of shuffles off. That's what really happened. That's what we would have seen. That's what we would have seen if we had been there and that's what we would have heard. Our senses would have told us, this is just the straight scoop. This is the reality. This is just exactly what happened. The other stuff that we read before is interpretation by Carol. She sees it on a screen that's a filter for her. It's through her stuff. And so we have to be very careful not to misinterpret things, not to assume that we know what's going on, but to take people, you know, at their word and to investigate, even to explore, just say, you know, clarify for me. Let me, let me make sure I got, got you straight. I'm understanding you. I think that if five people had been watching, five people would have interpreted that differently. And I, and I think that that, you know, I had a client the other day talking to me about how she went home with her boyfriend and she thought the whole time he was really mean to his mom. And he didn't understand why she felt that way. Mm. Um, and she started proceeding to tell me what she observed. And so her observation wasn't that the mom was mean. It was that he was mean. His observation was the mom was passive-aggressive mean. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that that's the different things about understanding what you mean to say, what you actually say, what the other person hears, right, <laughs> and what right. the other person thinks he hears. Well, that's a good point, too, because we all, we all have our own filters and interpretations. And I, I, one of the things that we, when we get back, we want to go through some communication guidelines. You know, be a ready listener was the first one, and do not answer until the other person is finished. And then be slow to speak. And I think that to explain, be slow to speak, think first, be slow to speak. You know, let them see that you're thinking before you answer, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then don't be hasty in your words. So we're going to talk about that when we get back from break. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll pick right back up with these 10 communication guidelines. Good. Okay, we'll see you right back. 
Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutioncc at yahoo.com. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm Ann Beal, and my guest today is Dr. Jim Slaughter, and we are talking for Christmas on communication guidelines so that your communication during your Christmas holiday with family and even stressful people can go a lot better. <laughs> and we have just talked about uh, being a res- ready listener, uh, do not answer until the other person finishes. But also you said ask questions about, I don't know if you actually said it that way, but to you know get go deeper about what the person is saying, um, what you say, what you mean to say, what the other person hears what the other person thinks he hears. And one of the ways to find that out is to ask. And, right. and you did that on break. I said, what's your favorite Christmas song? And so he was like, why, why do you ask that? <laughs> and so, oh, now let me was, clarify. Yeah, well, he told me. What did you say it was? Hark the Herald Angels Sing. That it, is it, not what you said. I, that's not what I said first, but I changed my mind. <laughs> I, I think I said... Uh, oh. uh, well, I, yeah. Emmanuel. Oh, oh, come on, come Emmanuel. Yeah, oh, I love come on, come Emmanuel. <clears throat> and so I asked the question, and he answered. And then he goes, "Wait, what, why did you? Why, why did you ask?" <laughs> and so he thought that maybe, maybe I was that wasn't mine or something. Because I, it, since I, something about my response made you worry that <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, it, it made me uh, because I, I, I did. I do have a very favorite Christmas carol, which is "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." It's very biblical, very powerful. And and yet I like the other one too. I just came up with, I didn't come up with the, my favorite first. And I was trying to you know go back and do that right. So, well, in my yeah. face was that oh oh I don't think I know that one. And then I then all of a sudden <laughs> it came to me right about the time you were like why? Because I think you, you thought maybe my face, but it was just because I didn't I didn't remember that one. I thought oh I don't know that one because I was going to have us sing it. Well, I was going I thought that's what I thought. I was you're going to have me sing this <laughs> no, thing. I mean. <laughs> see no see I just interpreted. It I know I know I, I right right. I made Alrighty, an assumption guys. there. So welcome back. Okay, <laughs> marriage communication guidelines and relationship relationship communication guidelines. Um, was thinking before you speak after someone talks to you, listening well. And basically, 
you know, when we do it as an exercise in our office, um, we have two people stand up facing each other with a little distance apart. Mm -hmm. We have the other person speak and let, you know, that person, and I say, just keep it short, just say what you need to say, but don't go on and on. And so they'll do that. And then the other person, I will say, don't answer. Think about it. And then if it moved you closer to them, take a step forward. If what they said pushed you farther away, step back. If it did neither of those and it didn't really impact you at all, neither positive nor negative, then stay where you are. So they can clearly see, first of all, that the person heard them and then that the person affected them with their words, either bringing them closer or pushing them farther away. Um, and then, then I let the person respond. So it gives the person time to think and then make a decision to demonstrate to the person what, what they said did to them. Mm-hmm. And so it just really helps you see physically what happens. But it also teaches you to think first, which is very hard for people. Often they have those words out of their mouth before you're even almost finished with your sentence. <laughs> right. And so they're thinking about what they're going to say before you finish. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if you can think what you're going to say and listen at the same time. I really don't. Yeah, I, I can't do that very well either. And it's very frustrating when you're, you're, you're in the middle of a statement and somebody kind of finishes it for you, but they finish it in the wrong way. They, they assume that they know what you're going to say, but they really don't. That's, that frustrates that's a hard you. Thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's frustrating for everybody, I think, you know. So, uh, but and also just the power of words. You know, I, I'm always amazed at how powerful words are. They can build a person up and put them on a mountain, or they can tear them down and bring them, bring them so far down, you know. And so I think we have to, to be really careful about how we use our words, how we use our speech. It's important always to be truthful in answers that we give or in the things that we say, not be misleading. Uh, there's such a tendency in our culture today to believe that, you know, lying's okay if it serves uh, some kind of a good purpose, quote, quote. But uh, the truth is that uh, we need to be people who are honest and transparent, but uh, but very honest and truthful people. Uh, When we speak truth, we want to do it in a kind way, in a loving way. And, uh, but we want to be people who who are known as uh, honest, open, truthful people. Well, I'm glad you added in kind. <clears throat> because people will say, you know, um, that they're just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth, and that, and that you, I'm just telling, you know, I'm just, I just say what I'm feeling, right? And so basically, right. what they are saying is, I'm saying it this way because it's truthful. But really, you can say anything in a good way or in a bad way, in a harsh way or in a kind way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but if you want a good result, then you a good response. And I think a lot of people when they communicate, they want good things to happen. They want to affect people with their words, right? Um, in a positive way. And so how you say something is is very important. And so you want to be, when you says don't be hasty in your words, you want to be careful what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say truthful, you know, it's funny because um, pleasers have a hard time with that. They have a hard time. Yes, we do. Oh, <laughs> not filtering. <laughs> you know, they filter. They naturally filter. They cannot filter. But um, they might not say things exactly truthful and so if it's not exactly truthful is it truthful 
Well, if it's not exactly truthful, it's not truthful, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so, but, you know, they're thinking, hey, but if you want it to be a good good time for the Christmas, you got to be careful what you say. And and just maybe, you know, uh, not necessarily tell the truth because you don't want to hurt people. Well, the thing is, you know, I mean, if, if you're faced with a decision as to whether to, to, to lie or tell the truth, you want to tell the truth, it might be better not to say anything at all. Right, exactly. I That's mean, you, you know, you, you, you don't have to say anything. Uh, I mean, if, if push comes to shove, you can even say, you know, I'm just, I, I can't comment on that or something, you know. But you don't have to lie. You don't even have to tell a white lie. Well, and I think that when we talk about a guideline, speak in such a way that the other person can understand mm-hmm. and accept what you say. And that's where, you know, people can accept it if you say it in a kind way. It is amazing what they'll accept when you say it in the right way. And so, you know, speaking the truth, don't exaggerate. Um, but also, if you say things in the right way, people can do well with that and accept it. It makes all the difference in the world. How, how you say what you say changes everything. And one of, the way, one of the things that I find myself doing a lot when I'm working with guys in particular, that's, I just basically work with guys, but uh, the, the thing is pe- people need to know this. They, they want me to teach them how to say what they want to say. Okay, so teach our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you really want me to pursue that, you know, we can. It's it's mainly uh, putting it in such a way that it, it you take the sharp edge off. Right. You know, yeah. I used to give the illustration years ago when my daughter Elizabeth, when daughter Elizabeth was young. You know, I, I could say, Elizabeth, come here, or I could say, Elizabeth, come here. So I mean, tone, the the, the, the tone of voice can make all the difference in the world. Uh, and so it, it often is there, you can, you can invest kindness into the statement that you make, and uh, it, it changes everything. Well, you know, and one of the Proverbs talks about not being around angry people a lot. Mm-hmm. And because you can become angry, you pick up on the way that they are. If, if you get used to someone yelling all the time, then your brain really starts believing it's okay to yell. Mm-hmm. And so um, the tone is very important to how you speak to people. And yes. also your uh, posture. Right. And I, that's the, you, your posture wants to seem unaggressive mm-hmm. and um, not pushy. And so you can, you know, have a posture. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. Mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I do okay. indeed. <laughs> All right. Okay. I do. Um, how about when someone goes silent? Like you can see in, um, let's say somebody in the group, in the family is talking about a topic that this person does not agree with and does not want to partake in, right? Mm-hmm. So they just stay silent. Right. Now that is not necessarily bad. You said if you can't speak the truth, right? Yes, right? right? And you know better because you don't want to cause a fight. And often with um, political talk, it's better to not if someone says, um, well, I've seen you. You just go quiet. <laughs> um, I think they. I think that the man said Obama is the smartest president ever, and I saw your face. And you're Mr. Historian, and so later you said I was thinking like smarter than George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you were going through all these people, and so you know if you had said that right, and so part of it is silence can be good. Mm-hmm. But when is silence not good? Silence is not good when it's aimed at harming somebody with it or avoiding conflict that you need to face. And a lot of people use silence uh, over time. I, you know, some people can be if they have a quarrel with, uh, say, a guy has a quarrel with his wife, fight with his wife. Uh, 
just in a passive-aggressive kind of way rather than talk it through. Uh, he'll just, he just won't speak to her for three days. Well, but there are people that can't think real fast on their feet. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I, um, okay, well, I don't know why, but I can think real well during an argument. Okay, during a, a heated conflict, I can think well. But a lot of people can't. They just, their brain just floods with adrenaline and right. they, they uh, kind of become paralyzed. They can't think real well. Right. And so if you push them, they'll just blow or something. I mean, nothing good will come out of that because they can't. They're kind of paralyzed, and it takes them a while. It may take them a couple of days, and it's a very honest thing. They're not, they're not trying to shut you out. Well, I mean, yeah, and, and, and that's different from what I was talking about. Oh, okay. I was talking about the person who, who won't even speak to another person for oh, three yes. days. Okay. Yeah, that's mean. Just to show that they're angry. That's okay. mean. Yeah, that's a mean thing to do. Uh, to gather your wits about you so that you can discuss a t- you know, something intelligently um, or or and emotionally is a good thing. That can be a good thing. Uh, sometimes it's good to say, hey, you know what, let's just take a time out and, uh, and go outside for a minute and get some fresh air and, and, and we can talk some more in a minute. Yeah, and it is hard for a person like me, the personality type I am, you know, I can't, it's hard for me to wait. It scares me to wait. In a way, I don't know exactly, but I have this anxiety about waiting and just want to talk it all out. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have to think it through Yep. And you need time. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I learned was to give you the time. Okay. Okay, right. but you didn't just stop talking to me and go silent for days. I don't know. No, I no. Couldn't handle I, that. I, I never did that with you. I know one time you did. I actually tried to out-silence you, and it so didn't work. <laughs> really? No, I can never <laughs> you beat can't you. can't do that with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think that learning that the other person is a different personality type. And so they may need some time. Now, one of the things that you got to do is come back, though, yeah, once you think yeah. it through and you have the conversation with them. You do want to do that. But people yeah. who go silent to punish... Okay, that causes more conflict, and yeah. it's harmful. Mm-hmm. It's harmful to the other person. And it's cowardly. I mean, honestly, it's cowardly. cowardly. It's a coward's way out. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a guy, I have struggled with this all through my life because of various things that, that I've gone through, you know. And uh, there are some times when it just seems so much safer not to say anything and just to be silent. If I want to show my... Uh, my uh, my anger towards someone or my dis, uh, disapproval of someone might be a better word. Uh, maybe just don't speak to them for a long time, you know. Um, and I've I've had to fight that through, you know, and 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 work at not doing that, you know. Yeah, and I think that part of it is there are people who are very gifted at that that can just do that silence. They can do it. I mean, how in the world can you go all day and not talk? Uh, <clears throat> obviously, you know, I have trouble with that. So part of it is to realize you don't want to harm people, and that's, that's harmful. Right. Um, so how about the do not become involved in quarrels? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, the, the thing is, we, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, the scriptures, if you're, you know, we, we looked at some proverbs and things like that, but the scriptures uh, are real clear that anger, uh, for example, which leads to a quarrel, a fight, whatever you want to call that, um, is uh, just a natural, normal emotion that that everyone has at one time or another in one form, right? We all get angry uh, from time to time. The issue is how we handle it, how we deal with it, and how soon we're able to smooth it out. You know, and the scriptures are clear that uh, you want to do that as quickly as possible. And that's Proverbs seventeen fourteen and twenty three. It talks about that with quarreling. And, and quarreling, what would you call the definition of a quarrel? 
uh, I, I would refer to it as uh, a, an argument with some degree of hostility. I, I, I've never had to define it before, but it, it, it would be something like that. Um, it, I mean, most, you know, a lot of people, they just use the term fight. We, 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 were, we fought. We had a fight. Uh, or an or argument. Whatever, an ar- yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and there's nothing, there, there's nothing inherently wrong in, in, in an argument, per se, but you always want to end up on the same team, and you need to come to some kind of resolution about it. And, and you, you can arrive at something uh, that both of you will be okay with if you work hard enough. Well, and I think it's interesting that it says you can disagree without quarreling. And so disagreeing is not a fight. No, disagreeing. No, no, no. It's just a difference in opinion. Right. And and I think that just because someone disagrees with you shouldn't offend you. And I think that there's so much e- people are so easily offended today. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. so crazy. But to just have a difference of opinion that means their brain sees it differently. And yeah, and that yeah. doesn't mean that they're ignorant or stupid. They truly just see it differently. It's mm-hmm. either the information they have or the background that they have. Um, and so it doesn't have to be a person, you don't have to dislike a person because they disagree with you. And I, especially when it comes to politics or religion, I think that that's why these two are so care, you know, they're just that, that people often will disagree and then they'll get into a fight about it because they're going to try to convince the other person that they are wrong and that the other person's right. Right. And, and that's what I see a quarrel being is when you're trying to push yourself onto another person to make them believe what, and, and it's really, uh, it's very hard to do, you know, no matter how much, because of someone's background, it's like, take this, you know, versus, you know, someone, when they didn't like George Bush, okay, they have a lot of background or a lot of baggage that makes them not like George Bush. And you're not in a five minute amount of time or 10 minute amount of time, you're not going to be able to convince them that he's a good guy or anything like that. Same thing with Obama. You're not going to be able to convince them, okay? And so people who like George Bush, for whatever reason, like him, maybe they might like the way he looks or something. And so you're not going to be able to convince them because what you don't realize is what made them like him. And it's usually not just one thing. You know, people have a lot of reasons, lots and lots of different kinds of reasons that they might not even understand. They say that people tend to like someone who smiles a lot versus someone who is frowns a lot, right? Mm. They might like them because of the color of clothes that they wear. They might like them because they remind them of people in their past. Um, Same thing on the negative side. People do the same thing on the negative side. And so really a lot of stuff goes behind why people feel the way they do. And especially just over the holidays, you're not going to be able to just convince them to push your opinion. The way you impact people is through relationship with Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. and loving them. They, they, people, don't you think that people are swayed more by your model of love? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, uh, that's, and relationship is always more important than, than, you know, trying to win a point. And I, I always tell people that, you know, I'm working with, you know, if, if you're, if you, if you try to win, then you've already lost. Right. You know, you, you, the, the point in is not to debate. If you really want to build a relationship with a person, you don't enter into a debate with them, try to win, try to get them, win them over to your point. You have a conversation. And you say, you know, this is kind of what I've been thinking. I, you know, this is how I see it. He says, well, that's interesting. I never thought of that. You know, you got a point. I, this is how I see it, you know. And you, you can end up having a really, really good conversation and not agree. Well, and I say the way that you win in a relationship and a conversation is when I had them stand in front of each other mm-hmm. a ways apart, when they're finished with a the conversation, they're real close together. 
They've taken steps towards each other because every time they speak, it moves them closer to each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. If they end up at the opposite walls, and it doesn't matter what the <laughs> yeah. topic was about or what the conversation was about, if they're on opposite walls, the relationship has been harmed immensely, mm -hmm. and they have harmed each other. And so they've lost. And so I just want yeah. you guys to think about that. We're going to take a break. Um, so I just want you to think about moving towards each other with your words, each step towards, and not end up on opposite walls so that the relationships aren't harmed. So we'll stop right there and come back from break, and we'll finish the guidelines. We'll see you right back here. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Fort Worth, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one -on -one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to lifesolutionscoachingandcounseling.com or email them at lifesolutions.com cc at yahoo.com we're all living in the moment but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn it doesn't have to be a challenge but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be on the sky's the limit host karen levitt knows that experience having faced it herself learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm Ann Beal, and we are continuing our Christmas show. We were just talking about um, when you go to people's house. You know, I asked them if, you know, he's from Oklahoma, I'm from Arkansas, if he takes something when he goes. Like when I was in Michigan, every time I went to someone's house, I took cookies or bread or something. I just wanted to have a, um, to show them I really cared that they were inviting me and to just be thankful that they cared about me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I had just learned that as, as a kid growing yeah, up. Sure. And so, but people thought it was so weird. They were like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, who does that? <laughs> and I, and, um, and so that's why I was asking, because he's from Oklahoma. You said they did that too. Yeah, we used to do that. <clears throat> and my mom was so hospitable and she loved to cook and she would do things like that. I don't know that people do it as much anymore, but I think it's a tradition that we need to get back into. I, I think, so, you know, people will bring wine. I noticed yeah, they'll bring wine when they go visit. Um, it really does set the tone for a good tone if you bring something, mm -hmm. um, especially something really good <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. the per or something you know the person really needs or likes, you know. And so I think that um, there are people who show up with nothing. They'll show up, you know, even presents. You'll have people who the whole family will have presents and do an exchange and some people won't bring anything. 
Right. And, you- and that's the weird thing. If a person, <clears throat> if their love languages are gifts, then they think of gifts, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the people who never bring anything, it's always fascinating to me. Yeah, you do wonder about that. Yeah. yeah, and you suggested bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, I, I was thinking that's a good. That's a good idea. I said, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And no, yeah, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> that would, you know, they'd be appreciative. Uh, absolutely. Frankincense absolutely. cures cancer. Frank. Okay, I can say that because I don't sell frankincense. Um, it is awesome. Frankincense oil is awesome. Um, it is, yeah, it is. Anyway, okay, so we are talking about communication <laughs> guidelines, and you wanted to talk about forgiveness. Yeah, uh, you know the 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 thing is. Um, we we can be at odds, you know, with someone uh, in our family or in our friends, and and uh, or someone we're married to, whatever. And um, sometimes we we don't understand the power of forgiveness, and we don't understand the power of um, an apology. Uh, we we need to be ready to um, just lower our. Uh, Selves a little bit to the point of uh, humility that can bring us to say, I am so sorry that I did this, that it made you feel this way. Uh, I'm sorry I hurt you. Um, I'm sorry I disappointed you. Uh, whatever it may be, you know, um, uh, a genuine heartfelt apology when we've wronged someone uh, helps us turn the corner in that relationship. Maybe not 100% of the time, but nearly every time. And that, that it, it endears us in, in a good way. It endears us to that person um, because we ask their forgiveness and we apologize for wronging them, for hurting them. And I think we need to be aware of that. If we need to practice it, then we practice it, right? But it's very important in Well, it is, it is very important. And we were listening to someone talk <clears throat> the other day about how they didn't apologize because they didn't do anything wrong. And we know that that is, in some way, some way it's shallow in mm-hmm. that you did in that you hurt the person. Even if what you said wouldn't have seemed to you as to have hurt a person. Obviously, if they're upset with you over it, you did hurt them. And you didn't mean to hurt them. And so you can apologize for hurting them or you can apologize for upsetting them because it sets the road for recovery. If you don't, often these relationships don't recover. And, and there are people, especially being in, a, in um, customer service with our wellness clinic, Life Solutions, we don't want people, we don't want to harm people for one thing, and we don't mean to hurt people. But there are people out there that they can get mad over the smallest thing. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't apologize, they'll do horrible things. You know, and so, you know, it, it, we heard a story um, from a family member that was telling them that they refused to apologize to a person because they didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And that person pursued them to harm them for a very long time. And, and over and over, this person, our family member, refused to apologize. Mm-hmm. And it would have all been solved quickly with a small apology. It's the simplest thing, and it, only, it could have all been over in like 10 seconds. Instead of 10 yeah. months, yeah, right? Yeah, right? And so it, and a, an apology affects a person, and you never can underestimate the power of saying, I'm sorry. Right, you can't. Um, 
And it's a very kind thing to do. A person who refuses to apologize is an angry person. And an arrogant person. And an arrogant person. And I think that they try to look like they're not, and they may be a pleaser. I mean, pleasers and doubters and sweet people can be angry on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so when they they can do things out of anger that don't look like because they're not screaming and yelling or anything like that, refusing to apologize is angry. It's it's a person punishing the other person. They're Mm -hmm. angry at them. And so that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, and, and you know, um, blaming and criticizing can, can fall in that same camp, you know. Uh, we can refuse an apology or we can refuse to apologize. Um, another way to get back at someone, uh, to be angry at someone without maybe showing it too much, is to blame, even if you blame them in your own mind, uh, or criticize them. Sometimes the blame, blaming and the criticism is open, sometimes it's not. But uh, what that does is just uh, do harm both to the person who gets blamed and to the person who blames. There's a lot of resentment that goes along with blaming and criticizing. Well, and I, I think that instead of saying I'm sorry and asking for their forgiveness for whatever it is you did wrong, you know, um, I think that people can blame, they can say to you out of anger, because when, when they're angry, they'll just throw out all this stuff that you did, right? And mm-hmm. you may not have done all that. You may have only done like 10% of that, right. right? So you apologize for the 10%. And you don't have to say, I did that, but I didn't do all that. You don't right. want to say it like that. But you just say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then ask for forgiveness. Otherwise, it gets into, I, I didn't do anything wrong, which insinuates you did something wrong or right. you're just crazy. And yeah. we hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do anything right. wrong. They're just crazy. Mm-hmm. And they they feel offended by you saying that in any sort of way. It's just you or you need to work on you or you have emotional issues or anything like that. Right. And so if it's so easily resolved. And to resolve and restore, you talk about restoring the person, mm-hmm. edifying them mm-hmm. um, by forgiving them, encourage them. Um, and then it restores the relationship. And Romans 14, 15 talks about that, restoring relationship. Um, if someone verbally attacks, criticizes, and blames you, don't respond in kind. Don't respond the same way. Right. Just apologize, and then you can ask forgiveness or just apologize. And it's amazing. I've seen people come down that are so upset. They come down so fast when they realize they've, that you hear them, you care, you do respect them, and you value the relationship, and you're sorry. Right. Yeah. It, it, it takes uh, it takes away all their their uh, their ammunition. It takes away all their power, and um, so sometimes it, you know it, it helps just to say you know what I, I did that, and I I'm sorry. I, I had no ill will in, intended, but I hurt you, and I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. And I, and I think understanding the other person's opinion, which which sometimes can be hard because you yeah. think, I don't even understand how they could see, feel that way based on what I said or um, how they could feel that way about Christmas. I mean, there are people that hate Christmas. <laughs> we there are. Yeah, we there watched are. the movie Scrooge the other night. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> there are people that hate Christmas or they're just, they just, um, they can't stand parties and they don't want to go out or whatever. And that can be a difference of opinion. And so... Realizing, valuing their opinion, trying to understand it. It means if someone doesn't like Christmas, just like if someone doesn't like God, something's happened to them that's harmed them right, in a right. way. And so that they are mad 
I mean, truly, it is all about anger at something, someone about Christmas or something right. like that. Something with Christmas has harmed them. Something yeah, or with, the, yeah, some kind of deep pain. Yeah, you know, associated exactly. with Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that's a good point, you know, because uh, often we just we we. We make a, we make a mistake when we don't see beneath the surface. I mean, we don't want to assume things that aren't true, but we can ask questions and say, "Wow, that's you know, that's a that's a tough tough way to go through Christmas." You know, feeling like that. You know, how did you how you happen to start feeling that way? Uh, and, and truly and just be talk interested. About yeah, I mean, very. Truly. Yeah, yeah. Be interested, in, and and that's the way you move towards someone and, and get out of the cliche conversation that we talked about earlier into more of uh, the feelings and emotional uh, kind of. Uh, communication, which is a much, much deeper level, and it connects you to people. That's when people in the room, like you said, move towards each other rather than away from each other. And we didn't talk really about intimacy, but that's the connection that we feel when we have this vulnerability and an acceptance going on at the same time, then we feel close, and that's intimacy. And I think making allowances for differences, and I think that there are people that don't realize with their words you know, if you point out someone's weaknesses the minute you see them mm. by saying they're, you know, oh, you're gotten fatter or you, what happened to you or you, know, you point out things that, are, that hurt somebody, um, you immediately, they step away. So you immediately put distance in the relationship to start. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about when you open your mouth to move closer to that person, take, you want that person to, because of your words, to take one step closer to you. Yeah. No one wants to be alone. <laughs> so <laughs> right, right. you get old and you're alone. You wonder why. Um, and so you want to move people so they step closer, not farther mm -hmm. away. And so if you point out differences instead of allowing differences mm -hmm. and it being okay that you're different or that people change um, and that, you know, just realizing they're going through hard things. And so you make allowances for that and even ask questions about how they're doing instead of pointing out. Because, you know, when you see somebody and they look so tired, mm -hmm. uh, so worn out, you know probably they're not doing very well. Right, right. And so being interested in them and acting like you care always brings people closer. Yeah, and I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, we talked about the power of forgiveness, but there, you know, there's tremendous power in affirmation. And uh, to, to affirm someone is such an uplifting, powerful thing. Uh, when when you know somebody says to you, "Boy, you did such a great job with that. I, I could never do something like that. You're so gifted." You know, you're thinking, "Wow, I put you on top of the world." You know, yeah. and uh, we don't want to tell you know something that's not true. But but to affirm people for the good things about them, especially character issues, uh, that's a very powerful thing to do. Which we talked about in the beginning, love. Love is patient, love is kind, not jealous. I mean, one of the things that love is is encouraging and affirming. And I, I know that um, when I, had a, I saw a person where someone said they got fat or they look big, she had tried so hard with a beautiful lace dress to look beautiful that day, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and everyone wants, they try hard for people to like the way they look or like them. And so I just looked at her and I said, I think you look beautiful. And she just, her smile just got so big and she got teary-eyed and she hugged me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's one of the things that you want to realize is to have people, to love people this holiday. Right. Really love them. Love them with your words. Love them with your actions. Mm -hmm. All right. Good, good point. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm not sure kind of where we are with our time and everything, but I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to leave all of us with, with um, just, some, just some thoughts, you know, here towards the end. We can talk a little bit more about this, but... 
I was thinking, I, I would love to challenge everybody who's listening to the program today, in your interaction with friends and family during Christmas, go beyond the content of conversation. Go beyond just the content of conversation. Show interest in those, those people. Interact with them. Ask good questions. Find out how they're doing. Go beyond the content of conversation. Get to know people better. Uh, try listening without a filter. We talked about that. Uh, connect for the joy of relationship, not for the joy of winning your point. You know, just try and move towards someone, get to know them better, feel closer to them. Um, it may call you to leave your comfort zone a little bit. It may be uh, that uh, you will be talking to somebody that you're, you, you don't care much for, but, but that can be a good thing. Anyway, th those are some thoughts that I had. And I think those are good. Move closer. <laughs> move closer. And you can move closer with your words, and you can move mm -hmm. closer with your actions. And listening. People love to talk about themselves. Yes. Listening yes, yes. to them and feeling for them. You could go and not hardly talk at all and just listen, and people will love you. Like, I love talking with you. And you're like, I hardly said anything. <laughs> right. That's it is exactly wonderful. Right. Thank you for being here, Dr. Jim Slaughter. My pleasure, Ann. Thanks for having me. And you guys have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. And we'll see you next week right back here and live well. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.